Previously, we considered the incredible privilege and wonder of being one new humanity in Jesus. All who believe Jesus died for our sins and rose again are changed forever by his decisive actions. Jesus is our peace. So it's possible to live at peace with God and with each other. Diversity and unity in Jesus, with every barrier removed. You could call it church without walls. It's brilliant. It's just brilliant. Except the reality isn't quite as sparkly as all that. Tension, division, and hostility shouldn't exist in the church. And yet they do. In this talk, I'll be asking why they do and what it would mean for each of us to be a part of the church without walls, just as Jesus intended. I'll begin doing that by remembering what Jesus did to be our peace. Your creator submitted himself to his creation when he got dressed up in swaddling clothes. He submitted himself to imperfect parents. He submitted himself to water baptism from his honey and locust-eating cousin. Even though he knew his father said, My beloved son, with whom I am well pleased, he asked his followers, Who do you say I am? He listened, submitting himself to their opinions. Some were nearly right and others were miles off. He submitted himself to all sorts of people that his followers didn't think were worth his time or his attention. He submitted himself to rejection in order to be heard and accepted. He submitted himself to skeptics and critics alike who questioned his authority. He told us humility is greatness. He taught us that if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and the servant of all. When a senior-ranking soldier recognized how submitted Jesus was and, and submitted himself to Jesus for the sake of his servant, Jesus marveled at the man's faith. While not everyone recognized Jesus' submission, those who believed him did. Jesus was totally submitted. He only did what he saw the Father doing. Demons submitted to him. Sickness did what he said. Even the weather forecast changed after he'd spoken. Oh yes, he understands submission, all right. And he understands us too. I wonder if that's why he never actually told us to submit. I don't know who you think told you that submission was a bad thing to be avoided. But I do know that it wasn't Jesus. Jesus never demanded submission. What he did was submit to us, giving himself completely. And then he watches our giving really quite closely. Instead uh, of submission, he commanded us to love one another, saying, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Because he knew you can submit without loving, but you can't love without submitting. 
Later, he explained that's how God loves and that if we will live in this kind of love, God's joy will be in us and our joy will be full. The idea exists that submitting is the fastest way to personal misery. But God's idea is that submission-ready love leads to the most joy. So, with the greatest joy set before him, Jesus submitted himself to friends who he knew would betray him. He knew they'd sell him down the river, desert him, deny him again and again and again. Knowing they would do that, he submitted to themselves humbly, washing their feet. Then we hear him submitting in the Garden of Gethsemane. You could say he's praying like his life depends on it, but he's actually praying like your life depends on it. He submitted his life for hours. He's submitting himself to lies, cruelty, false accusations, injustice, wrongful conviction, mocking, objectification, brutal punishment, violent slaughter. He submitted himself to our judgment, my place of punishment, and yours. He submitted his life until he'd given everything. And even after all of this, he submitted himself to close examination by friends who doubted him. He made them breakfast and he recommissioned them again and again and again. Jesus' example to us is that when you trust your heavenly father, you can submit to anyone on earth because they simply couldn't keep you down. Jesus' example showed us that submission is not a matter of logic, but of love. We don't submit because of what's right or reasonable. That's not a relationship, that's a contract. We submit out of love. Of course, there is a place to stop submitting, and that's when it's no longer loving towards someone. Tensions and divisions and hostility don't happen in the church when submission starts, but when love stops. Jesus' submission to us was not dependent on our perfection or deserving. Quite the opposite. We didn't deserve Jesus submitting. It's just that was the only way we'd ever know a relationship with him. Jesus didn't submit to humanity in order to dominate and control us. He was God anyway. What did he need to do that for? He submitted because he longed to include us in his glory. Where would we be if Jesus decided submission is antiquated, archaic, outmoded, and anachronistic? Well, there wouldn't be a church if Jesus thought submission was offensive to equality. Thing is, in the Bible, Jesus showed us that submission has nothing to do with inferiority or inequality. Yet 2,000 years later, fear of submitting 
seems almost epidemic, even in the church. John Ortberg, a Christian writer, says there's no way for a human being to come to God that does not involve surrender. Jesus knew that. So he submitted himself to us to be our peace. What about us? The Bible speaks to us about submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ in Ephesians 5, verse 21. What would it mean for us to be part of a church without walls, in diversity and unity, at peace with God and each other? Having seen Jesus, our peace, submitting, here's a few things we might reasonably take that to mean. It means and begins with a heart choice. Biblical submission is a heart choice for each of us. It's something you do, not something demanded by other people. Fake submission is when people expect to control our external behaviour or maybe in extreme cases our thinking. But if you're hearing me right today, you'll understand I'm not asking you to be fake. I'm reminding you that you have a choice, one that could give God glory and lead you to greater joy. Making that choice means you'll need to sort through any other ways you've already submitted your heart. Because unlike fake submission, where people generally try and do as little as possible, biblical submission wants to do everything, being wholehearted. If you live with a relentless sense of hurry, it's possibly that part of your heart is submitted to the idea that what you do is most important. What will happen if I don't get it done? Submitted hearts ruthlessly eliminate hurry. I am way less likely to know God in this moment if I'm dashing to the next thing. If you take everything rather personally or, or you've got a bit too good at getting offended, it's possible you've submitted a part of your heart to the approval of other people. Submitted hearts are satisfied in God's approval. So, quite simply, they love other people differently because they've already got enough love from him. There's many things we know we should do. We, we don't always find it easy to get the motivation. We should eat more healthily, everyone's telling us. Five a day or, or eat the rainbow every day or something. We should take more exercise. We should go to bed earlier. Maybe we should floss or something. I don't know. Submission can be like one of those things. Unless you choose to be different. How will you find a different motivation? It takes some humility to recognize the things that you might want to change. God knows that. And so repeatedly in the Bible, he reminds us that he gives grace to the humble. Because he loves what a humble heart might do. It's readiness to submit to him and know his love. I want to share that with other people. He's ready today to help you if that's what you want by his grace.
This submission, it's, it's inclusive. It's not just you submitting to your heavenly father. It reaches out to others around you. The imperfect and the undeserving, just like Jesus. Yep, even in the church. At times like this, lots of things get much less appealing. I I'd, I'd guess you'll know that. And right now, when our interactions are so limited, it's even easier to misunderstand each other, to get offended or disappointed by each other. What am I doing here? Why am I bothering with this? It's not worth it. I'm out. Submission will be the oxygen of our unity. It should fill the church with symbiotic relationships. Yeah, I did just say symbiotic. I would, you don't expect that. You, but you know those things. You see on nature documentaries, right? Like little birds that clean crocodile teeth and hippo skin or, or clownfish and sea anemones or, or like an ostrich hanging around with zebras because zebras smell and hear predators better and, and zebras liking to hang around with ostriches because they see predators better. We all need symbiotic relationships uh, and that can will us, encourage us to submit. We choose submission and, and we choose how we will maintain it and grow it in every circumstance and season of life for God's glory and for our greater joy. Submission is counting others more important than us. It's doing to others what you'd have them to do instead of waiting for them to do what you think they ought to do. Submission is knowing the authority you have because you know the authority you're living under. Submission is hearing words and putting them into practice. Submission is the first choice we make with our resources, our, our time, our money, our possessions, as well as all the other choices we make. Is there any way we could be less like Jesus' followers than when we're asking, um, just what exactly am I getting out of this relationship, this church? Is there any way we could be more like Jesus than when we're giving ourselves to and serving others, particularly those we like the least, in order to love them and grow in a relationship with them? You okay with that? I guess this could sound like a, a generalization, but I would say people who don't want to submit are those who look at or think about someone else uh, they don't wish to submit to. Consciously or not, that pushes Jesus to the margins while putting people we might like less front and center. No wonder they want some high walls in their lives. Not only are we way less likely to submit to anyone ever like this, but also we'll never know the peace of Jesus, the one who has broken down every wall. The church has no walls because we're not trying to keep people in and make them submit. The church has no walls because submitted people want to go out and find others to love and submit to. The church is without walls because that is the best way we can live towards other people, looking for opportunities to love them. Jesus doesn't tell you to submit, and, and neither am I today. He invites us to love. I wonder if you'll dare to find out how much better that can be 
if love is an intangible thing, something you know's there but you can't see like electricity, then submission is like a light bulb that glows bright because of love. I hope that's true in your life. I want the church and the world to be without tension and division and hostility. I don't plan on trying to control others to make that happen. I do want to make my own choices well, following Jesus and being fueled by his love. And I pray that today, that's what you will choose to. Ha, ha, ha.